Welcome to Work Your Way Up, a podcast channel for everyone thriving and striving to climb up the corporate ladder. You'll hear about the wins, challenges, what ifs, and could have beens of people coming from different career paths. Join Angel as she shares insights from guests and from her own corporate adventure. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, let's get started. Hi everyone, it's Angel here and welcome to Work Your Way Up, the place where young leaders and aspiring leaders go to for actionable tips and insights on career management and progression. If you're here to know more about what you can do to climb up the ladder, be it by managing your boss or clients, managing colleagues or your own self, then you have come to the right place. Today marks another milestone for us and for this podcast channel as we welcome our very first guest. I am personally excited for this interview, guys. We have on today's show Christy Noel and to give you a brief background about her, Christy is an award-winning marketing executive and SVP of marketing at MobileCost, a leading fundraising and communication software provider for nonprofits. Christy is also the author of Your Career Survival Guide, How to Get and Keep a Job in Times of Crisis. And this book can help professionals navigate their careers to survive and thrive during crisis, such as COVID-19. Very timely. I am sure that you will learn a lot from her today because I'm sure I will. So let's not delay this any longer and get right into it. Hi, Christy. Welcome to Work Your Way Up. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for having me as your first guest. I feel really honored and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm equally excited too. I'm really ecstatic to have you here because I feel like just by reading at your the brief background about what you do, I just get so excited because I know that the listeners can learn a lot from you. Oh, well, thank you. I hope so. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess what we just want to know first, um, Christy, is can, can you tell us more about what you do and your passion Sure, happy to. So as you mentioned in my bio, I have uh, these dual careers. So I'm in marketing and have been spent most of my career in marketing. Yes. Um, and then I've written this uh, two career books that I'm launching and getting out mm -hmm. to help people in the workforce navigate advancing their career, getting a job, working with their boss, etc. So the good news is all this marketing experience I have applies to launching a book <laughs> and all oh, wow. the yeah. work in, you know, work through my career is all in the experiences that I have that are in the book. So the, the two are, are tied together. So um, yeah, I couldn't write the book if I didn't have a career to... Mm -hmm to point to for my stories and the lessons that I've learned. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's always and a little bit of sales and marketing and no matter what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really exciting because, um, you know, writing a book is something that is, it's like a culmination of everything that you've learned the past years, right? Where you're able to just um, put everything out there and um, all the experiences and lessons that you've learned. I've read in your website that you had, a steep, well, I think all of us had, or majority of us had a steep learning curve when it comes to climbing up, 
climbing up the corporate ladder. So if you go back to those times when you were still working, what would you consider as the most challenging um, experiences you went through? Sure, happy to. And and one of the how this book came of the first book came about your personal career coach is that I was in the, my first few jobs, most of my jobs, actually my career, but certainly right out of college, my first jobs, I was working for men and with men primarily. So there weren't a lot mm-hmm. of women leaders around me. And so I was watching how men worked and how men managed and how they were working with me. And it wasn't always smooth and I didn't work the same way. And I, there, I didn't have anybody, you know, showing me the ropes or mentoring me or using just as an example that I could follow. I learned a lot of what I have implemented into my management style, mostly by watching what I didn't want to be as a boss or a manager. (laughs) Yeah, I had. That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been better the other way. But you know, you you learn with what you have. And and I had um, a couple of bosses that were not very strong as being a a manager or a leader. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of them is just kind of learning how to do a better job of communicating with employees, giving feedback, uh, giving direction, communication, understanding priorities. Uh, One of the main things that I like to emphasize is how important it is to have to be on the same page, whether that's your with your colleagues, your boss, Mm -hmm. uh, the person you're working with, because if you're not on the same page and understanding what the priorities are, or what the key objectives are, it's so frustrating, right? (laughs) Because you're working really hard, and you're super excited. And then you like, go and turn it in. And you're like, look what I've done. And they're like, well, what, why, why were you working on that? I, I need these other three things done first or, oh yeah, no, totally. that's not what, how I wanted it done. I wanted it done this way. And mm-hmm. then you're frustrated because you just burned all this time mm-hmm. working on something that either wasn't right or wasn't the priority. The other person's frustrated because they're like, well, that's not what I wanted. And now you're late with what I expected really to have happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So things like that, where it's just, whether it's open communication, it's asking questions, it's having it in writing. Uh, one of the things that I like to do, whether it's I'm mentoring or leading or managing a team, or I'm working for a client or yep. my boss is I often have a list of priorities. It's not a long list. Nobody wants to see my to-do list. So it's very different from a to-do list and a priority list. But here Mm. are my key objectives. Here are my key projects that I'm working on. Mm. And And have that opportunity to say, does this, you know, is this what you're expecting? Or are these the same priorities? Is there something else I should be focused on? And kind of get that cleared up up front so nobody gets to that point of disappointment and frustration. Mm. Yeah, that really, um, I, I completely agree with that, especially with the prioritization because you can miss, and you know, a, a lot of things could fall into the cracks or you could m- misinterpret a lot of um, priorities of tasks if you don't communicate clearly with a boss. But I am so curious because for the past weeks, actually, I was just talking about um, managing bosses and moving from whining or complaining about, let's say, if you have a work, if you're working with an incompetent boss or someone who doesn't really know how to manage or lead people, instead of complain, you have to find a way to manage the boss instead and manage up 
So from your experience, Christy, when did you transition from, or did you ever experience complaining first and then realize that actually I can't get anything from this. So instead of complaining, I'll just have to manage this boss. Or how, how did you realize that you have, you just have to lead yourself and your boss instead of waiting for your boss to lead you and the team? Yeah, that's very common. And it's great that you've addressed it because a lot of people get promoted because they did their job well, whatever that initial job was, not be because they're the greatest manager or leader. They get mm -hmm. thrown into that role because they did something else well, yeah. whether it's in marketing or sales or finance. And doing the job of being a marketing manager or selling or being a manager of the finances is very different than managing people in a department mm. and you know, inspiring you know, criticizing, criticizing, bad word, um, critiquing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and giving positive feedback and reinforcement and, and directing, right? So, so those are very different skill sets. And so oftentimes people are not naturally great bosses. Mm -hmm. And having worked for some of those, it is very um, disappointing and frustrating that that's who you are <laughs> given. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't for have a choice. Of a better word. Yeah, you don't have a choice, right? Like, can, can I trade you in for a different model? Doesn't really work. So I completely agree with you, Angel, in that you have to then learn how to, to manage up. And if that, and so some of the things like I just mentioned is putting together your projects and priorities and asking for a, a, stand, a standing meeting, whether that's every week or every other week but mm -hmm. ask for it. If, even mm -hmm. if that's not their style, you, you can't go, you know, weeks or months without having that one-on-one -on -one feedback. It doesn't have to be long. You know, if they're not a real great communicator, you don't want to ask for an hour long meeting. That'll probably, you know, freak them out a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, you know, just a 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. 15 minutes, whatever. Um, you know, even maybe just book it for 15, maybe if you run a little bit over or something like that, you know, if you book 15, don't take an hour that, you know, bosses <laughs> yeah. don't like that either. <laughs> but uh, ask for that time, just say, hey, I'm here. One, make sure I'm helping you by making sure we're in alignment on the things that need to get done. And here's the time frames. Is this going to work for you? you know, are we, are we on the same page? Mm -hmm. And they'll appreciate that, that you've taken the initiative that you, that, you know, they, you're, they want you to do well because you're just going to help them do their job better. So yes, totally. in their best interest to make sure you're doing well and doing the right thing. So that is time well spent. Don't go in with gripes and, you know, complaints and, you know, expecting a lot of small talk. Not all bosses are, you know, chatty Cathy's. Mm -hmm. So understand their communication style too. So if they're very direct, get to the point, let's move this along. Then you mm -hmm. be direct to the point keep it brief and move it along. If they don't want a lot of detail, then give it, you know, short bullet points. If they are very detail oriented, then you might want to put the key priorities and then some of the action items underneath it. Mm. Keep them updated on how you're doing. So nobody wants to be caught off guard if something's going to be late or different or unexpected. So again, managing up, keep communicating, hey, just so you know, here's where I'm at, I like to do, uh, I like to recommend a Friday check-in and here are the, you know, two things that I accomplished. Here's the main thing I'm working on next week. And here's the latest, you know, deadlines or here's where I'm at or something like that. Mm. So 
you don't even have to ask a meeting for that. So they, they go into the weekend knowing, okay, these things got taken care of. They know what you're going to be focused on next week. So you kind of maybe start the week with your one-on-one -on -one meeting. You end the week with just an email wrap-up or a Slack message or whatever the communication yep. tool is. And you continue that communication. Hmm. I think that's really important. So then they have more of a comfort level and they also have the opportunity to say no, you know, or change in plans or here's some feedback. Yeah. And if you're not yeah. getting feedback, you can always ask for it. Yeah. It doesn't totally. mean it's always going to be exactly how you want it, <laughs> <laughs> but there's no harm in saying, Hey, can you please take a look at where I'm at in this project? I want to make sure I'm meeting expectations. Is mm. this what you're expecting? Is this what's going to be helpful for you? You know? Um, and if they say, yeah, it's fine. They're like, okay, is there anything I can be doing differently? Anything that I should change, anything I should add, you know, sometimes the feedback is, yeah, thumbs up. Great. You know, that's not a lot to work with. So you want to ask some more probing questions and maybe it is great and that's all you're going to get and that's fine. But you want to just make sure that you've asked all the questions. Don't assume you can't ask your boss questions. Yes. Yeah. I would really agree on that. And because I like that um, a lot of your tips revolve around communication because I find that that's really, that's kind of the root cause of all the confusion and complaints of most people about their bosses. It's either the lack of communication or, communication or no platform for them to communicate with the boss. And most people think that it's the boss or the leader or someone above them who must always initiate the communication that they don't really have the power to do it themselves. Yes. And that's not true. So, you know, stand up for yourself and ask the questions. It doesn't even have to be It's confrontational. It can just yes. be, I need, Hey, do you have a few minutes? I'd like to run this project by you and get your feedback. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I, you know, even not the best of bosses typically will agree to that because, again, it's in their best interest to have you do well and make them look better. I mean, that's if you approach your job as I'm trying to make my boss do their job better and look good, mm -hmm. you're going to be a shining star for that boss mm -hmm. and you'll have your career, you know, you'll find your progress faster in your career than, you know continually to fight it not fight yeah. the person but just fight the the situation or the relationship you know mm. and because then that boss is trying to make their boss look good and help that you know achieve their goals and then their boss and then ultimately that's moving the company forward and for the company's goals so mm. it's a not it's the way a, a lot of people approach it but that's you know and it doesn't mean that the boss is going to take all the credit, but we know there's bosses that do. So it's not yeah. saying you're giving away, <laughs> you know, uh, all the credit, but you're just supporting them and doing their job. Yes, totally. And also, Christy, a few minutes ago when you were sharing about your experience in the corporate world, um, you mentioned about mentors and not, not having mentors around or coach around or someone who could guide you, especially in, in in terms of your problems or challenges with the people that you were working with. So I'm very curious with this because I don't think that a lot of people really understand or appreciate or embrace the importance of having a mentor at the early stage of their career. Like a lot of them realize its importance maybe in the mid or late part of their career. 
when do you think is the best time for someone to have a mentor or how can they find a mentor or coach? Do they always have to pay for someone to be their mentor or coach? Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, I think that having a mentor at any stage of your career is great. Mm-hmm. The earlier, the better, even if you have somebody who's, you know, a mentor while you're finishing up school or something like that. Yeah. But the great news is, Angel, is that in today's day and age, one, you don't have to pay to have somebody yeah. be your mentor. And two, you don't even have to know them. There are so many online resources, podcasts, books, webinars, Facebook groups, you know, whatever your communication tactic is or social media tactic or way to learn, listening, you know, video, audio, whatever. So I have plenty of people that I would point to as mentors and I don't know them. They don't know me personally. They don't even know I'm at here, but (laughs) (laughs) they give really great advice and uh, of how to, you know, build a business, how to market, how to fill in the blank, whatever it is you're trying to do. So it's, mm-hmm. it's great if, the pers- if it's somebody that's actually taking you under their wing and helping you support you in the company that you're working at. But that doesn't mm-hmm. always happen. But that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. There are ways to get support and advice and insight into what you're going through in other ways. And again, thanks to where we are in this world with everything, you know, there's, there's all sorts of resources to be found online and in the digital world. So it's, I think it's hard to go around it's like networking somebody. Will you be my mentor? You know, will you be my, your, my mentor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually it happens more organically than that mm-hmm. for the, for the good mentors when it really is somebody one-on-one and, and somebody that's personal and you know, sometimes it's somebody mm-hmm. in your company. Sometimes it might not be, but it just might be somebody that you've come across. It could be somebody you've worked for and maybe they've moved on. Maybe it's a relative or somebody that's a six degrees of separation kind of situation. Yeah. So, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and how, what impact they'll have on your life and your career. So, you know, I would say be open to that, but until you find that special someone or someone's that kind of fill that role, still seek out other ways to feel like you're, getting mentored and addressing some of the situations that you're, that you're in YouTube. I mean, there's all, again, there's all sorts of, and if you find somebody that you like, yep. then you can continue to follow like you and your podcast and stuff like that. And um, so you can kind of look and sample and <laughs> find who somebody kind of speaks to you and speaks your language and, and resonates with what they're saying. Yeah, totally. And you don't really have to stick to just one, two, or three mentors anyway. Like you can have a lot of them, especially like what you mentioned. You can find um, so many resources online, podcast, YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, even Instagram, even on social media platforms. So, mm-hmm. and then you can just grab the best advices that they give, the best tips, and then, you know, merge them all together and then weigh which of their advices or tips is, is very relevant to whatever situation you're in. Absolutely. And I've, I've followed some people and I continue to follow them and they've been great. I've followed other people and listened to them for a while and then kind of felt like, okay, I got everything that I, I need. And then I found somebody else maybe that when I evolved that, you know, had a different approach to it. 
Uh, I've tried some people. I'm like, you know what? They, they're not for me. They didn't speak to me. And they, I totally appreciate what they're doing. But for whatever reason, they didn't jive. And so I unfollowed them. So, mm. you know, I would say you can have multiple, but don't like, you don't want to be trying to manage like 20 or 25. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that to get started, figure out which one's going to work for you and then narrow it down to a manageable number so that you're not either feeling overwhelmed. You can't, you know, get to all of it or you're like feeling it's conflicted or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. You're <laughs> and not I like have Man, sometimes I have men mentors that do different things. So it's like if I'm trying to focus on one thing, you know, a book launch, I have a couple mm -hmm. of people who listen to that. If it's on email marketing, you know, I have a couple of people too that I, you know, look to for advice on that. If it's just inspirational, getting through the day, you know, management, mm -hmm. manage, time management, managing multiple tasks, then I have you know, other people that I look to. So it, it doesn't have to be like one size fits all or even uh, one person can fit all those roles. You might have different yeah. people for for the different areas that you're looking at. Mm, totally. Um, the other thing that got really got, got me really excited for this interview, Christy, is uh, your book, um, Your Career Survival Guide, How to Get and Keep a Job in Times of Crisis. Because I find that this is very timely amidst this pandemic, considering that a lot of people have lost their jobs, millions of people have lost their jobs. And a lot of, although the good thing is, although there are a lot of multinational companies who are also laying off, some smaller businesses are still trying to thrive and survive this crisis. And so some of them are still hiring and looking for employees who can work remotely, virtually, or uh, how, however it fits to their business. So um, I just wonder what are the ways or what are the tips that you can give to those people who are aiming to, let's say those people who are work, looking for work or aiming to land interviews in the virtual job market today? Well, I have lots of advice, Angel, so I'm glad you asked the question. So <laughs> I am there's a couple things that I would start off with before that I have um, just three simple tips to help narrow down, to keep your focus and trying to apply for jobs and then be happy if you'd like to talk some of the tips on if you're doing a virtual job interview, because virtually every, how many times can I use virtual? <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> doing uh, job interviews virtually now. So it's a little different than in person, but before we jump to that. I, I, I think these are really important that I'd like to share with your listeners yeah. in that, especially since the world has quickly changed for um, very high unemployment, which means a lot of people are going to be applying for open positions. And whereas here in the United States, six months ago, you know, it was the job seekers market. You kind of had your pick of where, where to go. Mm -hmm. Now it's very quickly switched to the job seeker is now, you know, trying to find opportunities and the, the, the companies are having mm -hmm. kind of their pick of the litter, if you will. So one of the things I would say is really job searching is time consuming to do it right and put together your resume and your cover letter and network and find people that know people inside the organization that takes time. So don't apply to any and every job that sounds cool. And I'm probably breaking the hearts of many people. And I'm sorry to do that. <laughs> but if you're not qualified, if you don't meet the, the qualifications by either of what the job description is or having been in the industry, or there's some reason for you to you know, align to that job description, 
I don't care how great it sounds, that's not where you want to put your energy into because they're, that, that company is going to be able to hire somebody who probably has the exact job description that they mm. want at this moment in time. It's not always the case, but in this moment in time. So you're going to be better off really staying focused and spending your time in, on jobs that do align with your experience, your background, and your industry. The other thing I would say is to customize your resume and your cover letter every time you do apply. Um, don't have just one resume and one cover letter and blast that out to everybody. You do need to take a little bit of time and make sure it's aligned with the position and the key responsibilities that are listed. So that doesn't mean you have to write it, both of those documents from scratch each time, but it does mean make sure that what's on your resume for key responsibilities and successes of your background are aligned with what they're looking for. And same with the cover letter. And then what's always key, and I'll, I tell this to everybody till they're blue in the face, um, don't just rely on sending your resume and your cover letter to the job portal, the jobs at email address, hitting apply on LinkedIn. You really need to find a way to get your resume and cover letter to somebody who knows somebody in the company. If you can't get it to the hiring manager, maybe there's somebody in the company that somebody who somebody knows or some connection, you have a far better chance of getting noticed and getting interviewed if there's a personal touch of getting your information in front of the company or the hiring manager. It's not impossible, but very hard to rise to the top of the interview pile just by submitting it straight into the, the job portal. Mm -hmm. So even if that's if you're on LinkedIn and you're finding that your friend from college knows somebody who works in that company, <laughs> take it, you know, yep. work it and ask and ask for some assistance. Some references. Yeah, totally agree with that. I like your tip in regards to changing your CV or resume every time you send in an application, Christy, because I find not a lot of people realize the importance of keywords. And I think you would agree with this, given that you are you have a marketing background, like, you know, every time a company sees or you, every time a company sees you using the words that they use in their job ads, it kind of instantly make them uh, or make them feel the connection or the synergy of your experience and what you can do to what the company needs. Exactly. And most companies use a computer to do the first review of your resume and cover letter. So they are looking for keywords that are critical to their job description and see if they align. So you have to expect that a robot or a computer is reviewing your resume first before a human ever does. And if you don't have the keywords in your resume, it won't even make it to that human review. So yeah. that's why it's so important to customize uh, each resume to the job description. And that doesn't mean use the keyword so many times that it doesn't read right or it's <laughs> yeah. clear that you just stuffed it with. <laughs> uh, and don't put the keywords in if you've never really done it just to get noticed because yeah. that'll come out in the long run anyway. So that's not going to be a great strategy. It might get you the interview, but it won't get you past it. Mm. So, but certainly reading a job description, you'll see some of the key responsibilities that pop up and they're usually the first ones they list or it's repeated a couple different ways, but maybe worded a little differently. So those are the things you want to 
grab onto and make sure are that are in your resume. And then, as I said, they'll likely get go through a computer screen first. And then when the, the next person who reads it, whether it's the hiring manager or somebody in HR recruiting, mm -hmm. they're going to see them as well and know that you're a fit and increases the likelihood of them wanting to interview you. Yeah, cool. So, and let's say, for example, hypothetically, the person has already like got invited for an interview. Are there any tips that you can give them in regards to, you know, nailing that job interview, considering that most of the interviews now are virtual and I'm not sure how challenging it could be or what are the differences between in-person interview and virtual interview and what are the things that what are the things that they have to keep in mind? Sure. Great question. Because so many things of a virtual interview are the same as an in-person. You want to be prepared. You want to know who you're speaking to. You want to know the job description and you have examples of how you've excelled in those responsibilities. You want your success metrics Hiring managers love success metrics. So if you've increased sales, if you've decreased cost, if you've increased efficiency, you want to have those numbers, percentages, numbers, dollars, whatever those are. Because if you show that and demonstrate and prove that you've had success with statistics and numbers, then that success is going to translate into the new job. And that just proves, oh yeah, you really can do this. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to have examples that you've done, what's asked on the resume or the, excuse me, on the job description, and then the success metrics to go with it. Whether that's in-person or virtual, you want to have yeah. all that stuff taken care of. And any questions that you're going to ask the, the organization. What's different in a virtual interview is obviously you're not sitting across from them. You're sitting across from your computer. Yeah. So making sure you have all the tech taken care of ahead of time. You don't want to be late. You don't want to be sweating it out by downloading whatever the program is they're using, you know, at the last minute. Wear a microphone. That's one of my biggest tips. Mm -hmm. You might think that your computer, you know, built-in microphone and audio sound and speakers sound okay because the speakers do, but a lot of times, and I've learned this through our COVID-19 experiences, the microphones don't hold out very well. So whether that's earbuds with a microphone, a lavalier mic, a headset, we own customer success kind of headset with Janet Jackson from like the 1990s <laughs> microphone. <laughs> uh, your, your listeners are probably too young to know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I would, yeah, having a microphone so that they can hear you. That's the most important thing is can they hear what you're saying? So you want to be crystal clear and have a, you know, some type of microphone. You want to look at the camera and not at their faces on the Zoom, you know, screen, which is probably not where your camera is. So mm. if you're looking at them, you're looking down. So look at the camera. This takes a little practice. So all, a lot of these things I recommend, you know, doing a practice run. Uh, you can move your, your computer up a little higher so your camera's higher and so you're looking up instead of down. Mm -hmm. It's a better, more flattering angle. Kind of think about selfies and how you pose with a selfie. You want to have something similar yeah. <laughs> with your interview. Um, that's one of the things I like to equate. Um, and then, you know, just 
have good lighting, super important too. So audience is the most important and then how you look is second and part of that is the lighting. So make sure the lighting is in front of you and not behind you. If the lighting's behind you, you end up looking very dark to the interviewer or at all. You might just be in a silhouette. So it's hard to get excited about interviewing somebody you can't really see. You can't see their facial movements or anything. So, so the tech becomes a bigger element of a virtual interview. And that's why I think it's so important to get all that taken care of ahead of time and have a practice run. So that becomes second nature and you can focus on what you're going to say mm. and how you're going to respond. But mm. you do want to make sure that, you know, because the tech is so clearly important in a virtual interview, you can't get, a, get around it. And then have a good background. You know, don't be sitting in front of, a pile of laundry or you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in front of your kitchen. Um, but in the background, they can look, they can see stacks of dishes or uh, kids playing or something that's going to distract, whether that's um, because there's movement that's distracting them or just because they're looking going, is that their bed unmade? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to think about a few other things than you probably would than, you know, showing up at somebody's office, but so that's um, where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Um, in case any of our listeners have this question, for example, if in case they are thinking that, well, I am just so confident with my technical skills or my experience, like, do I really have, isn't it that isn't my skill and what I, the value that I can bring to the table more important than the technical setup? What are the things that you would uh, like? you would advise to anyone who might be thinking that way? I would say to some extent that's true. They want the person who's got the best skills, the best experience. Um, cultural fit is super important. So they're still going to be looking to see if you're going to fit in with the people. But if they're so distracted because you've got a bad setup for your virtual inter interview or they can't see you or you're fidgeting and looking around, they're not going to get a good warm feeling or even be able to determine that you've got all the experience that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So you, you can be cocky and confident about your experience, but don't let that mean, think that that's enough to get the job, especially in competitive job market. There's going to be somebody else who's going to be totally professional and got everything on their virtual interview nailed and come across really well. And if it's between you and that other person, guess what? You know, they're likely to go with the one that they know is, um, you know, have, has both complete elements. The complete, complete package. Perfectly said, yeah. Angel. Yes. Yeah, totally. So Christy, in case any of our listeners, I think that some of them would definitely, or a lot of them would definitely be interested in, in the book that you have written this very timely during this pandemic. Can you, can you give them a, a snapshot of what they can expect from that book and where can they get it? Sure. Happy to. So as you said, it's your career survival guide. And so the first half is about getting a job during a competitive job market, during an economic crisis. So everything from your LinkedIn profile, your resume, cover letter, we'll spend more time going through job interviewing via video interview. And then I also spend some time talking about if you have a job or once you get a job, kind of the things that you need to do to to succeed in that so you can keep your job. So a lot of communication tips, a lot of management of T 
teams, working with your boss, meetings, doing a virtual meeting, uh, you know, and, and then dealing with what we're dealing with. So if you are having some stress or think that you're going to be laid off, I have some tips too on how to address that. So it's, it's um, not a long book. The chapters are really short. It's a quick pickup reference, you know, some great tips, very informative. Um, you know, don't have to spend a lot of time reading it, <laughs> um, which is a selling point these days. Um, yeah, that's good because a lot of people are in a rush. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's not meant it's like, oh, it's not like I have to go back to school and study this big, you know, um, textbook. It's you no, know, it's just short stories you can um, look at really quickly and put to use whether, you know, if you're working on your resume, you can pick it up, look at it. And, you know, when you move on to the job interview, you can pick it up and, and look at it and stuff like that. So I'm really proud of it. It was um, not on my schedule to write this book, but just in light of what's going on in the world, I felt it was really necessary to address these particular issues and topics because, as I said, in a short period of time, the world has really changed for, for people in business, whether that means um, they're, you know, have been looking for a job and still are, whether they have been furloughed or laid off and now are looking for a job, or they're now in a virtual work environment that they, is very different than what they were hired and, and how the work rules have changed. So... Hopefully, I can help some people navigate all that a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, can they get it in Amazon or your website? Or Yeah. Um, well, because they're listening to this podcast, uh, they can get it free before oh, it yay. is. <laughs> yeah. So go to christynoel.com slash crisis, and uh, they can uh, get a PDF version of the book. Oh, that's amazing. So guys, yeah, make so sure you download it right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my way of helping um, people who are going through this right now. So mm. awesome. I'll definitely download that one too. And I'm um, share it with my team because a lot of them would definitely be interested in it. Like, you know, very quick um, tips and advices and how we can all just thrive and survive this crisis. Yeah, well, I, uh, I appreciate you um, letting everybody know about it as well, because I do think it can help some people who need the help right now. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so this has been a really fun and very informative interview and discussion, Christy. I really enjoyed it. And I really hope that our listeners enjoyed it too. I think that they, they do. Um, I just wanted to ask, is there anything else that you want to, to share to our listeners? Any other um, advices or tips, general things that you want to share to them? Well, I, you know, I could go on all day, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I think we covered some of the main things. Just, uh, you know, it's, it may feel very disruptive and a lot of change and um, just very uncertain right now, but that will change eventually. So it's not always going to be like this. Um, you are going to feel like you're getting your footing and, you know, things will fall into place. It's just have faith and be persistent and you know don't give up and that's really what's going to make or break for some people who are in the job market right now is persistency and follow up and you know and making connections and f figuring out a way to not just rely on job boards and job postings but to to use your connections use linkedin you know it doesn't mean you have to know everybody or uh, hunt them down but you know just <laughs> 
always keep an eye on. Yeah. You know, one of the things I say is talk to people when you're in line, you know, six feet apart, but still, um, you you never know who you're going to meet and how you can, you know, somebody might know somebody who's looking for somebody to start work tomorrow and you could be that person that they, they need. So you, that's one thing I've learned in my career. You never know where that next job lead is going to come from. And it's not always a job board. Mm, yeah, totally agree with that. Um, thank you so much, Christy, for um, joining me today. I feel that time passed by so quickly. I didn't realize that it's been um, 45 minutes, almost an hour mm-hmm. that we've been talking. It has been such very uh, a very informative discussion. And I'm so excited for the listeners to digest all this information. Most of them actually take down notes. So I'm sure that they are taking notes of a lot of tips and advices that you've shared. Thank you so much. And hopefully we can have a part two of this in the future. (laughs) Oh, I would love that, Angel. I would love that. So yes, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And you're right. It went by really fast. I hope everybody else feels the same way. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, guys, I am so sorry. I had technical glitch in recording the last few minutes of my talk with Christy as she was about to say goodbye. But anyway, what I just wanted to say is that I really find my interview with her, my discussion with her, very informative and insightful. And I know that you guys feel the same way, particularly when she talked about, when she shared the tips in acing or nailing a virtual interview. I had those ideas in my head, like I understand the importance of audio, lighting, and good camera angle, and all those sort of things, because for the past months, I have been watching videos about content creation, posting videos on YouTube, and things like that. I didn't know that they actually matter as well, even in virtual interviews. Like I had zero idea. I wasn't able to realize how important they are. And now when I think about it, it is very timely and relevant because two weeks ago, I facilitated a final interview between a client and an applicant. And during the interview, it started really well. The applicant was able to turn on his camera. He had a good audio. The client can see him and the introduction part went really well and smooth. However, as we start to dive deeper and the clients start to throw technical questions to the applicant, his internet got a little crappy and so he was cutting in and out of the line. We can't, we can barely hear him and he can also barely hear us and the questions from the client. And so we tried everything that we can to fix the issue. So what we did was we asked everyone, I asked everyone to turn off their videos, including the applicant and the client and myself as well. Things improved a little bit, but you can really feel that somehow it has affected the overall quality of the interview. And this is why those tips from Christy are really good eye-openers for me and for you, listeners, to make sure that when you have a scheduled final interview, especially virtual interview, you make sure that everything is set in place. I know that a lot of clients are very understanding as well because we are in the middle of a pandemic and so a lot of people may be not that prepared in working from home. But you have to convince the client, especially during this final interview, that your place is conducive for working from home. Because if they see that 
you have an, a crappy internet, if they see that you don't really have a good audio, if they see that you don't have a good camera, or your computer is a bit slow, or they see that you don't really have a good place or corner at home where you can work with peace and you can remain productive because there's not a lot of a distraction, then that could really worry a client. And that is the reason why I throw that question as well to Christy earlier, wherein what if you have so much technical skills? Do you think that clients can just, you know, get over the technical issues, let's say any problem with the audio or webcam or your internet because of the skills that you can offer? Maybe the client can overlook that or can compromise in that area or maybe they don't. Because, you know, if we have to be very honest about this, if the client is choosing between three people, three shortlisted applicants and one is able to give everything that person has a skill set that person has great audio that person has great camera that person is that person was really able to interact with the client during the final interview of course that person will be chosen or has the highest percentage of being chosen so remember if you ever get scheduled for a final virtual interview in the coming days remember to always have a good lighting a good background a good webcam and a good audio and that is all for today guys i hope that you enjoyed the very first guest speaker or guest of this podcast and i'm looking forward to bringing in more guests in the coming days especially those who are also you know not necessarily in the leadership role like those people who are working in their own areas of expertise or who are empowered followers who want to also share their own journey and how they manage or deal with their bosses, their colleagues, and anything like that. I'd be very happy to have them in here, share their own experience, share any struggles or challenges they have, and so we can all just figure it out and talk about it. For next week, guys, we are going to talk about a topic that not a lot of people think is important in becoming an empowered follower, and that is protecting and building your personal brand. Now, you may have heard of the term personal brand from different companies or establishments or entrepreneurs or coaches who actually try to introduce their personal brand to the world using social media, right? Or any other digital marketing strategies. Now, what is surprising or maybe surprising for you is that personal brand is also very important even with empowered followers. Think of yourself going inside your office interacting with your colleagues and your boss and forgetting about the importance of your own personal brand. Yes, you have a personal brand too. Personal brand is not all about logos, colors, or anything aesthetics. It's all about you and what you emanate to the world. So make sure that you stay tuned for that and don't forget to follow or subscribe in this podcast channel from Spotify or Apple Podcast and follow me on Instagram, workyourway underscore up and also on Facebook, just search for workyourwayup. I hope that you find today's episode and interview insightful and I hope that you can apply those tips from Christy in any future virtual interviews that you will have. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today and see you all next time.